Trust in God and God will make your path straight. And in all things and everything, lean on God for your understanding. Please be seated. As I read that passage, I always ask us to look to our left or right and make sure the rapture hasn't started. I often think if I put my head down and read this, will there be people here or would you all have disappeared while I've been reading it, taken up to heaven by our Lord God? Or maybe I'm the one that's gone and it's lucky that you can still see me. As we meet today, we meet on a day where we have our annual parish meeting, where we talk about the future and recognise some of the things that we have done over the last year. Over this last year, I was commissioned in May and it felt like, and it feels like it was yesterday with Bishop Kate telling me about having the cure of souls with her, leading the parish as an Anglican community that is relevant and engaged with the local area and discerning a future with the parish so that we can move forward doing God's work and releasing the kingdom of God into our local context. Yet here we are, first week of Advent, having our general meeting. I have been quite comfortable with the flow of life, going to the office, meeting people, having chats. The flow of the services has been quite comfortable. The flow of our interactions has been quite comfortable. We had Reverend Prashant join our, join our ministry team so that things got even more comfortable because the priests could stay in their local uh, worship space on the Sunday that they presided and preached in. And so things became very comfortable. Yet being comfortable for its own purpose and its own pleasure for us is not something that Jesus seems to have much concern about in today's gospel. Today we read Jesus's exhortation to be watchful, to be prepared and to value our discipleship above all else. We are called to a strong devotion to our Lord Jesus that begins with our heart, mind and soul. Jesus encourages us to be motivated and seeking a meaningful relationship with him. Not just sitting and fearing the end of times, but being a disciple and doing the things that we need to, to serve, to evangelise, to feed the hungry, to help the poor, until that final day comes. We aren't asked to stand apart and wait for his coming. We are asked to be busy sharing the gospel and helping those that can't help themselves until he comes. We are called to be in the dirty, dusty plains and to help those who have lost their connection with our Saviour or to help those who have never connected with our Saviour to find out who Jesus is. We are not called to be alone on a mountain giving our resume on how wonderful we are as Christians and all the wonderful things that we've done. We are meant to be in the world with those that we find hard to love or those we are uncomfortable sharing our testimony with. And we are there to instill Jesus' words in our lives, so that through our words, thoughts and deeds, everyone can see that we are people of Christ. We are called to be Abrahams in this world, 
Because on today, on, on this day in Advent, we recognise the hope that comes with salvation. To be an Abraham in the world, we must be prepared to follow God and to allow God to disrupt our comforts. That comfort when we are in the worldliness and not in the gospel message. God is not held to account when it comes to completing our plans and our needs. Though there will be times when we have prayers that God will answer and in God's wisdom he will decide which prayers he will answer. The truth is we are part of God's movement and God's plan in the world to restore all of creation. Noah was part of God's movement in the world where he significantly disrupted the worldliness of all people. Jesus in the reading today does not speak of one sinful action as being the thing that he focuses on. He does not condemn people for a particular action or some gross sinful action that they've completed. Instead, Jesus speaks about how people live and how they were eating and drinking, marrying and given in marriage until Noah entered the ark and all was washed away, except Noah and his family. From Jesus' words, it is clear we will never know God's timing. And we spoke about false prophets and teachers who say that they know when and how the rapture will happen. What we can talk about with some confidence is God's wisdom when it comes to disrupting our lives so that the gospel will prosper in every circumstance that we are part of. What we can say is that when the fire of the Holy Spirit dims in the world, God will disrupt creation and he will use us to empower the light of the Holy Spirit so that it continues to burn brightly in our contexts and circumstances. We can say that if you are a disciple of Christ, Jesus will disrupt your life and your comforts so that his kingdom will reign upon all of earth. Even John the Baptist recognised that in the presence of Jesus, his ways and methods of doing things, his way of baptising, had to become second so that Jesus' ways could become first. He says... I need to decrease so that the Saviour can increase. Since being at St Matthew's with St Linus's, I always have a laugh about how the lectionary leads us. In doing Jesus' work as a priest, I could not have asked for better readings to help guide the path that, that, I, want to, that I feel I want to take the parish on, that, there's always a reading that asks us to challenge ourselves in the way we do things. And today is no exception. On a day that we decided to have our parish meeting some six months ago, um, so that we could have enough time to do the financials and have the examiner read our, do, check our um, finances and give us a report saying that all was okay, that was our priority. Jesus' priority was to share the words to us today about how we need to disrupt what we are doing and make sure we are releasing the kingdom of God into our community. 
as you look through the Vicar's report, hopefully you've looked through it, you will read the things, that you may read things there that you agree with or disagree with. You may be disrupted in your thoughts about what we need to do. Or you may not have read it at all, so you're quite comfortable at this point. Our current reality is that we are eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Yet God's, for, God's word for us today is disruption so that we can pass on hope in our community. The first Sunday of Advent signals the hope and possibility of a fresh start, a resetting of our default mode. And as I look through it, what are some of the disruptions that fell on my heart as I wrote the report? Disrupting the idea that in our mission statement we say we are a worshipping church and yet there are two public services scheduled each week. So we're going to disrupt that. We're going to add more services. We're going to add services from our prayer book that are praise, proclamation and thanksgiving, healing. We're going to have time for compline. We're going to have choral services where we get to just sing. In our mission statement, it says we are a praying church. Well, we're going to keep praying and we're going to add more prayer. We have Wednesday morning prayer, but we're going to be a praying church. We're going to disrupt the idea that one space of prayer is enough. I'm asking people to connect in connect groups and meet in threes and pray for each other. For men and women to meet together and pray for each other. For everyone to find a space where you make each other a priority. We are going to be a worshipping church. We are going to be a praying church. Not because it says it in our mission statement, but because every single person walking past one of our worship centres will find that. We are going to be invested in social justice and changing the space that surrounds us. It's very easy to donate and give, work, give money or give things that we need. But the disruption I'm asking you to think about is the investment that you have of yourself in doing God's work. Reverend Prashant is going to be working on putting together opportunities for all of us to invest ourselves and to give ourselves and to be with God, not just as a financial donation, but as a path for you to do something in your discipleship. For those of us who are elderly and think, uh, and who keep telling me, Rob, you're not here to do too many changes. Just look after the service. When I die, bury me. Make sure that I can go to the, make sure I can be committed into my gravesite, and I'll be happy with that. But what about things like Kids Hope, an, organi an organization that has elderly people linked in with young kids where the middle section of the family has fallen apart. You guys have amazing gifts to give. So if you think that you're going to retire, I'm telling you that I'm disrupting that thought today. I'm asking you to think about how we can join up with that organisation and have the amazing wealth and understanding that you have about life passed on to kids where the middle part, where their parents and, 
and the middle parts of their family, the uncles, the aunties, have fallen apart. Every single person here has a part to play in releasing the kingdom of God. And it doesn't stop when you get your secular pension. We keep going. The disruption we are going to go through over the next year is not so much, it's not so much gospel-based as it is based on the fire of the Holy Spirit in the gospel. Jesus said, I did not come to heal those that are well, but those that are sick. The gospel exists for those that are spiritually sick. We like to contend with each other whilst we are on a journey of faith and we need to, dis- and we need to contend with each other. And you guys need to challenge me and I need to challenge you. It's part of being the healthy church that I spoke about when I started here. But being comfortable is something that we need to forget about. Because life is not about being comfortable when it comes to the gospel. The gospel greeted me and I, became, and I was comfortable being a teacher and now I'm a priest and Jane's always wondering, where is he? What's he doing? Why isn't he at home looking after the kids? Why is he off in the cathedral um, with all the priests getting ordained? Where are you? So it, it challenges us. It challenges all of us. This week's gospel reading comes from a long speech, Jesus' last one in Matthew. At the end of it, Jesus explains with unmistakable and unvoidable clarity that when the Son of Man returns, we will be judged on how we tended to the hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and those that are imprisoned in their own spiritual health. As your priest, I'm disrupting you. I've disru- I, think I've disru- I think most of you would say I've disrupted you since I've started here. So I don't know if I've started that disruption but, uh, now, but I think it's kind of been there. So I am disrupting you because I want you to be judged as a peacemaker, as a comforter, as one that mourns with those that are, that are struggling with death as one who is filled by the Spirit and as someone that declares your need of God in every part of your life so that the kingdom of heaven is yours. If I am not here to disrupt your life and to give you the hope of resurrection for you personally as well as for your discipleship, then what's the use of putting all that stipend together and having a priest in the parish. So as we meet together, challenge us, challenge me, challenge yourselves to reach further into the disruption that can happen in our parish so that the kingdom of God reigns. And it literally reigns on all, the fire of the Holy Spirit literally will reign on everyone. So let's go on the journey together this year and see how much we can do with God's help. The Lord be with you.